please allow me to take this opportunity once more to greet the church at large in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay. Given my, my, my short survey and observation, I celebrated the fact that nobody in here has seen this face before. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sure of that uh, because of even myself, these faces are new to me. And in fact, given that the reality, a song dawned in my mind saying that uh, going together, enjoying the trip, getting used to the family of God, learning to love you is so easy because of we want we all belong to the family of God. And um, I, I read a verse. I, I read a verse as as as, as we, we started off this divine service hour. Uh, I read a verse found in the book of Isaiah chapter six, whereby Isaiah is giving a testimony. Isaiah is revealing a testimony of what it was revealed to him, whereby he says that in the year that King Ozziah died, I watched, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. He was not sitting on the terraformer here on earth, but he was what? He was on his idle throne. He was on his holy temple, right? And amongst those, amongst the throne, there were creatures, there were angels, there were seraphims of six wings. Two of the wings, they what? They hid their face because of they could not see God and still what? And still live. That is the glory of the Lord, how consuming it is. Angels that are created higher than human beings, they are hiding their face, they are hiding their feet, with the other two they are flying, and continually they sing, Holy, Holy, the Lord Almighty. This very same testimony is validated by, 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 by John, John the Revelator in the book of jo- Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, he, he sees the very same scene there. Are we together? Revelation chapter 4, verse, verse, verse 8, it reads this in, in, in a similar way. Uh, the testimony is the very same. Each of these living beings had six wings, and with wings they covered all their eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night they keep on saying, Holy, holy is the Lord, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. So upon two or three witnesses, the matter is what? It's established. Beloved, we know that in the heavens, the angels, the angels are flying without ceasing. They're praising God. They're saying that what? Holy, holy, the Lord is Almighty. Amen. I do not know much about Isaiah. I do not know much about John the Revelator. But as I was given the task to come and speak to God's people, I attempted a very risky uh, assignment. I, I, I attempted to do something whereby amidst strangers, amidst people I'm seeing for the first time, I want to bear a testimony. I want to give a testimony. A testimony not of what, uh, what, what, what John the Revelator saw, a testimony of not what Isaiah saw, but a testimony of 
what has been the walk of Kabel with the Lord since he had met the Lord? I don't know if, whether will that be acceptable. Huh? So, so it's, it's fine by us, Brother Sandil. It's okay. In fact, given, given, given the, the, the topic or the theme, it says that uh, what, what is in your hand? What, what's in your hand? So the, the heading or what we'll run with is that, Cabello, what is in your hand? Uh, Elder Moore, what is in your hand? Uh, Brother Sandil, what is in your hand? Brother Daniel, what is in your hand? Right? So whatever we'll be talking about, this whole discourse, we'll just put ourselves into an equation whereby we reflect as to how has been a walk with us. Rather, how has been our walk with God since we have come and have accepted Him as our personal Savior. I hope that will be acceptable with God's people. Amen? However, before we do that, let us once more ask of God's divine presence to be with us in our hearts and in our minds as we bow our heads in a, with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, dear Lord, once more I come to your presence, boldly so in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in a time of need whereby I need you more than before, dear Lord, because of you know of my shortcomings, dear Lord, you know of my inefficiencies, dear Lord, you know of my weaknesses, However, I believe that, like Paul, when he said that, I'll rather then boast in, our, in my infirmities so that the, the glory of the Lord may be manifested. Your Lord, the hour is now at hand that I ask of the Lord Jesus Christ that uh, whatever I'm to say, uh, it will be acceptable to the hearts that are open, and it will be only to your glory. For only to you, dear Lord, your glory is worthy. You are worthy of being glorified. You are worthy of being worshipped. You are worthy of being revered and acknowledged as our personal Savior, as our Creator and Redeemer. Dear Lord, not only to us, but also to those that are grappling out there in darkness. Our prayer that you grant us the Spirit this day, that with the little that we have in our hands, with the little that we have in our hands, we make use of it, we multiply it, so that when you come again, dear Lord, you will say that, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little things. Now come and enter into my joy. Dear Lord, understanding that the greatest, the greatest wealth of knowledge or of information ever entrusted to mortals is entrusted in this church. Lord, it is always a, a, a big challenge or rather a huge responsibility as to how are we to faithfully carry out this commission? How are we to faithfully uh, apply ourselves as we are your servants to let everybody know that Jesus saves? This is my prayer, dear Lord, that you be with the faculties of my mind, you be with my mouth, whatever that I'll, I'll, be, I'll be talking about, it will, be, it will make sense, but above all, it will magnify you uh, our Father in heaven. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If I'm not mistaken, next year, in fact, actually, I believe it's next year, I should be, I should be celebrating about 10 years in this family of faith. Uh, next year, the 13th of August, 
will serve 10 years as I've been a baptized member of what? Of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. (laughs) So in these 10 years, one ought to reflect. Amen? One ought to reflect of the milestones. One ought to reflect of how's the journey been thus far. I want you to believe that as we walk with the Lord, from time to time, we, like somewhere, we ought to say that thus far has the Lord what led us. Each and every time we ought to count our blessings to see how blessed we are. It is only reasonable, it is only responsible to see that how has, how has been my walk with God. You reflect the time and again, you say that God is my presence. Is my worship still acceptable in your eyes? Least we find ourselves in a predicament, least we find ourselves in an unfortunate condition of the Laodicean church, whereby we say that, no, uh, ever since I met the Lord, I am rich, I am what I can see, I need, I, I do not lack anything. Whereas you find that over time, some things change that they are no longer pleasant in God's eyes. So the year was 2011, to be precise. The year was 2011 when I got to be introduced to this family of God, whereby I took Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. But however, I would like to take a step back and realize what were the conditions prior meeting what the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's only fair I do that. Um, so, 2011 suggests that, or obviously is given, that a year prior that was 2012. Huh? 2012, whereby this country was, was anticipating... So 2010, we, we as a country, as South Africa, we had this exhilarating energy, this excitement, because something big was happening. We said that feeling it is here. You, you remember that? It was, in fact, around this, this, this month, you know, this, this winter month. Feeling is here, and we're singing, waka waka ye, all of those, those. You know, it was nice. As a country, we were anticipating this global platform whereby all countries of the earth were coming to assemble here and we, we, we blow them with those mapatata and all of the vuvuzelas and, and stuff. However, to me personally, it was a very rough year for me. It was very tough. Like the menu when they were enjoying and all of that, it was very difficult. Why was it difficult? I had just failed a module from school. I had just failed a module, then I had to forcefully take a gap year. It wouldn't make sense that I'll be at school just for a single module. So basically, I was studying from home. Huh? I'm studying from home um, from a family of three. From a family of three, I've got two little brothers. Both of my parents are waking. My, 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 my brothers are waking up in the morning. They're going to school. Imagine that scene with me. Huh? My parents are waking up. They're going to, to, to work. Uh, my little brothers are, are, are waking up. They're preparing themselves. They're going to what? To school. What about me? 
there am I. I'm so depressed. I'm like, what's, what's going on? I'm trying to look maybe for an employment just to keep myself occupied. But nothing, nothing comes by in my favor. I'm depressed. Then I make a resolution and say that, you know what? I just have to make sure that next year I'm going back to school to finish off what I've started off. Amen? Because of, like, like Solomon says that, uh, what matters is how you finish, not how you start. Isn't it so? So I, 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 I've got to appreciate that object lesson that, you know what? If you do not start what you have finished, lobo me. Life will deal with you and will deal with you unfavorably. So I, I find myself in such a depressive state whereby I do not understand where is my life going. It's just out of spiral. Uh, then it, it, it happens that um, fast forward to 2011, I, I, I applied for postgraduate, uh, postgraduate program at BTEC in business administration. And uh, there seems to be some technicalities. There seems to be something wrong with what? With my application to be admitted. Remember, I made a resolution to say that, look, my, the most important thing in my life now is education. I need to be empowered as a young person. I need to be empowered with education so that in the process of time, I'll be well positioned to supply my labor for what? For a living. I can be able to be employed and earn a salary so that I can have a decent living. So that's the plan. I have to go back to school. I have to empower myself with education. But lo and behold, year 2010, as I'm, I'm ought to be what? Admitted because of I applied. There seems to be wrong. There seems to be something wrong with my what? With my application. No, no, no. This can't be. This is unacceptable. Dear Lord, please help me. Mind you, I did not have a relationship with God. I did not have a meaningful relationship with God then. I said, God, I feel like this is important. I need education so that I can be a better person, so that I can be a meaningful, productive person in the society. But I'm faced with this challenge. Now, time is running out. The, 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 the registration date is fast approaching. The closing date is fast approaching. Yet again, I'm desperate. I finished my diploma. I want to advance with my BTEC degree. But this seems to be impossible because of my application seems to be in a limbo. Nobody knows what is happening about it. Then all of a sudden, this, this stranger comes to me. My brother, you seem to be troubled. What seems to be a problem? I tell this brother, hey, Here's the situation here. Yeah, I applied. I've been. I applied this since last year. Well, in time for admission of this program, I meet all the requirements. But for some reason, they cannot locate my admission, uh, my my application form. I don't know what's the problem with that. Says that okay. Where's your faculty? I told him well, this is my faculty. This is my head of department. He takes me by a hand. A stranger, somebody I do not know. Somebody in a secular institution, an institution of higher learning, whereby everybody minds his own business. Like this society we are living in right now, that it's only what's sufficient for me and my family. As for the rest, they'll take care of themselves. So this stranger comes to me and says, Brother, I see that you are troubled. What seems to be a problem? Here's the problem. I praise God that this man, 
He takes me by the hand. He does not send me somewhere, but he leads me somewhere. He's there with me. He takes all of his time, whatever his position that he was occupying at the time, of which it was influential at the time. He takes me by the hand. He goes me from the office of the dean, from the office of the head of department. There he is. He's interceding the case on my behalf. Huh? There is, but look here, this fellow here applied since this date. To date, he hasn't found a response. And now the, the, the closing of the, the, the registration, the closing date for registration is about to close. What are we to do with this situation? It is unacceptable that this man can go away and not access education. That was his basic argument. I praise God that eventually I got accepted. I got accepted the very thing that I longed for, it was fulfilled. Not of my strength, not of my wisdom, but somebody else that I do not know at the time came to my rescue, so to speak. But I want to submit that that was God orchestrations, workings in my life. Later on, I got to realize that, okay, so, so after this whole episode, after this whole discourse, I'm like, geez, dude, I don't know, but thank you very much. Thank you very much for assisting me. How about we meet one weekend, Shai 6? Huh? Shai 6, man, just, just to give you a thanks, you know, a thanks offering. Say, my brother, you really helped me. Huh? I feel indebted. I need to reciprocate of your time, of your energy, of whatever that you did. Because if I do not know you, I feel obliged that, you know, I should, I don't like that. You know, I'm this person. I don't like to owe people. So in my language, as a tertiary student, I said, Masha is six, pa. Huh? So that, no, here's my counter offer. My brother, I'll appreciate if you could give me an hour and I have a Bible study with you. Look, I do not need uh, six, whatever. I know you're a broker student. No, let's just have an hour. Let's have an hour and discuss. And, and discuss the Bible. Do you happen to love the Bible by chance? Fellow, I, I don't know, but however, since, since I'm what? Since what? Since I'm indebted to you. Since I'm indebted to you, I, I, it, it don't be much of a problem to dedicate an hour for, 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 for a Bible study. Uh, okay. I do not commit this to when, but I will surely come. You, you, you get that? I do not commit this to when, but at some point I will come. Knowing in my heart that I ah, sugar, if ever say you know, so I I I had this tradition of of running with my friends. The school will 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 in the afternoon after classes will will run as a group and and, and so forth. So the other some some other evening, in the afternoon rather Friday evening, I passed by his his door there. I passed by his house. And he just waves at me and said, you know what, let me just pass by this man. You know, let me just check up on him, how he's doing, and, and, and things like that. You know, and in fact, since he says that, let me give him a, an hour of, of my time. Maybe it's the time. Maybe this is the time. I might as well. What do I have to lose? I mean, at least I don't have to what? Buy seats. Oh. So the day am I, the Friday, I'm sweating. I just came from jogging. He starts with a question. Brother, why do people go to church? Huh? So he's meeting me in a, from, from, from a point of commonality. 
where everybody goes to church. Come on. I grew up going to church. I grew up in Lutheran. I know as a tradition that Sunday, no maganjan, grew up in Why people go to church, brother? Why are you being deep on me? We go to church, we go to pray, we go to ask God for forgiveness and, and, and stuff like that. I see. Okay, we go to church to worship God. So the central point that he was driving is saying that we're going to church to want to worship. The central motive of us gathering here is to worship God in what? In truth and in what? In spirit. For God, what? Is pleased by such worshippers. So he tells me, he raises an argument, says that, look, we go to church and we go to worship God. But are we doing that in truth and in spirit? What are you talking about now? You see, from the unknown, from, from the known, he takes me to the unknown. With the little that he had, remember, the little that he had is the power of granting me what I was desperate of at the time when he initially met me. Right? I did not know the channels. I did not know what to do. But he knew, for some strange reason, he put it upon himself that I ought to know and I ought to identify people that are in need with this service and I'll serve them. So me, the first interaction with this man, I got a practical benefit. There was a practical benefit of me meeting this man. Before he introduced me to a doctrine or to a Bible study, he gives me something practical that benefits me in everyday life. You see, so he says that, well, the long and short story of it is that upon the realization that the Sabbath, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, and he requests us to worship him on that day, we are not to do anything. I was like, wow, that's a revelation. I did not know that. Now I'm no longer indebted to this man. Huh? I'm, I'm no longer indebted to this man for what he has done. He said that, man, look, me, I'm just a vessel, brother. I'm, I'm just a vessel to our God, to my master. But my meat, what I wanted you to know, is that though you may have education, though you may have admission to that program that you deem so important, this is what you need. This is what you know. This is what you need to know, rather. Sorry. So I'm like, Jesus. Fellow, now he's saying that I've been worshiping all of my life, 21 years of my life, on Sunday. Now the Bible tells me that the Sabbath of the Lord, I need to be in house of prayer. Right there and there. This then extends as an invitation for having an opening function in our dozen. It was in TUT's dozen. Dozen, right? Mm-hmm. Student movement. Yes. I believe we are all familiar. So, in a nutshell, I'm a product of dozen. Okay. I'm standing here. I'm about to approach 10 years of my work with God. And this happened, you know what? In a tertiary institution, a secular institution. It's not an Adventist institution. But they are Adventists there. With the little that they have, what do they do about that? What do they do about that? So, there am I, the following day, I'm in church. Oh, a glorious day of my life. 
Wonderful. People are singing. I see beautiful people there. They are dressing so nice. I feel like, oh my word, I don't belong here. I need to level up, you know? So, you know, three P's and all of that. I find myself, I say, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I say, man, yeah, there is life. Maybe if there is also one thing that you need to know about me. I'm easily impressed by the truth. If something that you see that this is the truth and it's obvious, though people may say that truth is relative, but truth is the truth. Truth is the truth. Yeah. You know, one, 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 one philosopher says that the truth has to go through three, st- three stages before it's being accepted. Mm. Huh? It has to go through what? Three stages. Firstly, it will be violently opposed. Okay. Wait, wait. In fact, that's the second stage. The first stage, it will be mocked. Huh? The first stage, it will be mocked. The truth that Jesus says, I'm fundis. I'm fundis. You know, that's, that's what I'm being called at home, by the way. I'm fundis, vegetarian, whatever. You know, all of these things. So the truth, firstly, it will be what? It will be mocked. Before it is violently opposed. Then after the mocking wears off, you become an irritation, you see? When you constantly, faithfully telling people the truth, you're presenting Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life. People will mock you. Over time, they will violently oppose you before they will accept this truth as self-evident. So we, even as a church, saying that we have Jesus, we have this truth, it will be what? It will be mocked, it will be violently opposed before it will be accepted as what is self-evident. So there am I, the first, the, the first Sabbath, I'm at church, I'm like, wow, this is wonderful. I want to believe I, I can live with this. I mean, I, I've seen prior in my tertiary life how I lived, how reckless I was, that over time I had to squander my, my, what, my parents' money and even technically I was sort of disowned, that depression, you know, at home and all of that. And here I come back, this man comes to my rescue and introduces me an eternal a desire of ages. He gives me Jesus. He presents Jesus. Okay, then, okay. Now, to fast forward, I finished my, 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 my BTEC degree, praise God. Amen. I, I, I finished my studies. I finished my studies. Then I have to go back home. Uh, seeking employment, of course. I, I'm, I'm seeking employment. I'm a job seeker now. Um, but now, as I'm home, I'm changed. I'm no longer that, that cabello they used to know, you know? And now I'm having this understanding. Remember, this is now my new love. I have found this new love. I can't, I can't contain Jesus Christ. You know, like Jeremiah says that I, there's, there's fire shut up in my bones. Though I try to shut up, though I try to keep quiet, I can't help it but to declare. Amen. And by the way, I'm a firstborn. You know, a firstborn is a high priest of the family. You know, I need to be faithful. Huh? I need to share this Christ with my family. Like I'm telling you, truth has to pass what? Those three stages. Your mugs. Man, relax. You know? You are mocked, and, and, and there are some things that they do not understand. I get, I got calls for an interview for jobs. 
They request me to work on the Sabbath. I say, I, I can't work on the Sabbath. This son, do you understand how much we have invested in you? To take you to school and now you come with this Sabbath nonsense. We don't understand. No, mother, father, you need to understand. The, Sabbath, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it, thou shalt not work, thou shalt not do this. And this. You must grow up and you will find out for himself. You know, so those are the sentiments that I get from them. But then I realize, this, this, what I'm doing, I'm doing it wrong. Huh? If I'm to go and testify and witness of this Christ, this is not how I received Christ. Remember how I received Christ? How did I receive Christ? Somebody gave me something that I needed, that I thought actually, that I thought I need. He granted that to me before introducing me to the spiritual, eternal desire of ages. You know, the preface of Desire of Ages, the book Desire of Ages, I mean, you guys are acquainted with it, you know it. Uh, It's opening with this powerful statement, it says that each and every man of whatever station is having this expressible longing. There's this void in them. And this very void was strategically put by God at, at his very institution. When God created man out of the, the dust of the ground and, 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 and blowing the spirit upon his nostrils so that he become a living soul, he left this void in this person that neither wealth that he may amass, that neither pleasure that he may have will never what, fill that void. That void is only for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Let me try this again. When God created man, as he assembled him there and blew the spirit upon his nostrils to become a living soul, he left this void in him. He left this space hollow in him. And that space was specifically that only Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, will occupy that space. Can I get an amen for that? So there, there I am. See that these people need to know what I've watched, that what I've been exposed to, that what I've experienced. They need to taste that the Lord is good. But then, like them, but them, like me, before I was introduced to God, I was seeking things that will not satisfy my soul. You see, no matter what kind of wisdom one can possess, is it not Solomon, the man, the wisest man after Jesus Christ, who says that all of these things are vanities and like chasing of wind? Life without God, it's nothing. And that, that's my challenge. That's the challenge I'm having. I'm trying to show them. I'm trying to teach them. Say, guys, this is God. This is God. But then... I realized that what, what I'm doing, it, I'm not doing it right. Be, be, because even the way Jesus Christ was introduced to me was after something was fulfilled that I thought is important at the time. Then after, I was very much receptive. You know, I, I was receptive from what this man is telling me. But now I'm having a challenge. 
Uh, my, my parents are working in a, you know where I'm coming from, in, in, in the northwest. They call it a platinum belt in the mines. They're working in the mines there. So the normal operating days or hours, it's, it's, it's Monday to Saturday. Right? So they're working on a Sabbath, basically that's what I'm trying to say. So now you'll imagine their response as I'm trying to tell them that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the... This boy, he does not know what he's talking about. You, you understand? He does not know. In fact, it is God who gave me this job. They want to believe that. They're holding it dearly to their life. It's what defines them. So I, as this idea dawns on me, I said, like, I came to a sad reality to say that I have no business of preaching to my parents about the Sabbath, whereas I cannot give them a job that will, what, will afford them to keep the Sabbath. I don't know, I don't know if that, that's a reasonable argument. Huh? So basically, I, I'm even extending it to, to everybody. I said, look, Escavelo, as I know the Lord that will want all of his people to worship him in what? In truth and in spirit, including keeping the Sabbath. Moreover, I've given them my Sabbath to serve as a sign that they may know that I'm the Lord who sanctifies them. They need to understand the significance of the Sabbath. These people, they do not know. Though they may know, but then, what is it that will benefit them in that knowledge? Practically. Practically speaking. So I'm I'm left with the challenge now. There's nothing I can do about that. Only those that I can, only those that I can manage to convince or rather influence is those who also have what? Who also have influence and can change things. Now who are those people? Who are those people? Me as an individual, me as a young person, it's just that I praise God that even my workplace or where I'm working, my profession, affords me to, watch, to keep the Sabbath. But what about fellow brethren who cannot do that? I cannot be selfish about that. You see, I cannot say that, I no, as for me, at least the Lord has favored me, but my brother cannot keep the Sabbath and worship God in truth and in spirit. What about him? So that, that, that's the challenge that I'm having as a young person. That's the challenge to say that with the little that I have, with convictions that I have, what am I doing about it? It may seem little. It may seem insignificant. But if only we place or we are in the Lord's side, we can do the, the, the unimaginable. Is there such a way? Yes. Things that you cannot even imagine. That, amen. Amen. So, so, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, I, I studied, I studied, uh, I, I, I happened to study uh, a national diploma in entrepreneurship. Right? So, basically, or by principle, if one studies medicine, this one is a what? Is a doctor. So I studied entrepreneurship. What does that make me? Unfortunately, that's not the case. Or rather, I'm working towards that. (laughs) 
but but given 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 the times in which you are living in given the times in which you are living in given the oracles of god the knowledge of god that we possess as a movement as a family of god given what is expected of us to a certain extent i feel like you know what i cannot be content with just working as long as i get to keep the sabbath because of you can do that but then what if you are supposed to be a brother's keeper what if the brother who's still in injury who's still under pharaoh's yoke what if he can't be released then what about what about him so so when 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 they say when when they, when they say kabelo what is in your hand i'm carrying this burden I'm, I'm carrying this bed and I'm saying that, you know what? Small is gone. It's not going to serve the world. Playing small, playing content with the little that I'm having. What, what is that? Philippians 4.12. I've learned to be content in whatever state to be so that I can do all things through Christ. What are these things? What are these things? What do you have that you can change the world? You know, there's this, there's this brother of mine. This, this is a testimony. This is the stuff that continually confronts me and challenges my conscience. This brother says that, you know, you know we guys saying we are claimer. It means that you are taking chances, right? You say you are not real. You are claimer. You claim to be the salt of the world. You claim to be the light of the world. But this is confined within the very same people that you hold similar views with. How are you the salt of the world? How are you the, 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 the light of the world? Whereas you are, you are always among people who similarly think the very same way. Why, why are you shining this light? Why are you flavoring with your saltiness? Why are you bringing flavor? Because of you remember this brother. This brother was a salt in my life. After that year of depression, he comes and he's a solution. He gives a solution to a problem. I praise God because of that. In our respective communities, in our respective professions, how are we the salt of the world? In a practical sense. In a practical sense, how did God, how did Christ live? Look at Jesus Christ. Uh, the book of is it Matthew chapter 2 if I'm not mistaken he comes actually I think it's Luke chapter 4 my word but we know the story nonetheless he comes to the fishermen he comes to the fishermen they've been fishing all night long that is their profession that is their way of making a living but they are not succeeding all night long we have toiled and we have caught nothing but upon your what? Upon your instruction. So Jesus Christ, he gets there, he finds that there is a problem. Right? He finds that there is a problem at hand here. Then he comes with a solution. He says that, launch your what? Your nest to the deeper end. Right there and there, they catch fishes that they've never imagined in their life. Professional fishermen as they were. But God, Jesus Christ, Whose silver and gold is his? He gives this man. Then after that, they come to realize that, you know what? This man has everything that we need. 
We can even leave whatever that we are doing here and follow him and be fishers of men as well. But what is it that in our lives, individually, that we can do, that will have an influence, that people can follow us, that we can be influential? What, what is it? Or are we, are, are, are we like the scribes and the Pharisees who are pious, sitting by the, by, by the marketplace who like to be greeted, all on Sabbath, Sabbath, whatever, I don't know. Is it sufficient? Is it going to help us at the latter end? Yes, 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 the Masinian. And he's coming with his promises to give each and every one according to his deeds. What are your deeds that are saving souls perishing in sin? You need to know, you need to understand that you telling them about Jesus Christ will not be sufficient to convince everybody. You need to meet them first at their point of need. Look at the man in John chapter 5. He said, hey, I don't know who is this man, but all I know that I couldn't see, but now I see. They followed him because of he had bread. What do you have? What, what do I have, Cabello? What I have currently is that I'm a constant annoyance to people. Fear God for the hour of his judgment is at hand. Worship him who have created the heavens and the earth. But we see that, but how do you come? What do you come with to meet me where I am? How am I benefiting from what you're telling me? You cannot preach to me on an empty stomach like seriously. Is it the gospel of the stomach according to John chapter 6? God forbid. But God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, acquainted himself, him who knew no sin. But as he was, pointed, as he was tempted at all points, it was what he overcame. What, 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 are, we, what are we doing as, as, as a church? I, I, I wanted to share some statistics with you with you here, which was released, I think it was on the 10th of June. Uh, the Department of Statistics SA released a report on gross domestic production of the country. Uh, I don't know, do we happen to have an economist in our midst by chance? But in a basic, on, on, on basic terms, Gross domestic production is, is, is just an indicator. It's an economic indicator to show how productive have we been as a nation. And that also measures our economy, our prosperity as a nation. Certainly, the, 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 state, the states, when they come, as they are released, we have slumped down. We have dropped by 3.2%. 3.2% drop in, our, in gross domestic production. Now, when you look at the factors of production, there's also labor there. There's capital, there's labor. Right? So, if we have dropped, if we have dropped, what does that mean of unemployment? Huh? If, if we shrink in producing, it means we need less labor. So, we are, what? we are laying off people. We no longer need an excess of staff. So, unemployment is rising. 
We are, we are importing more than we are exporting. We are not viable as a nation. As a what? As a nation. Now, Malihambe, Malihambe Seventh-day Adventist Church, which I want to believe for all practical purposes, Malihambe is, is meaning let it advance, right? Let it go. I mean, if my Zulu says me right, let it go. What is going, if I may ask? Three angels' message, I will, I will, I will assume, is a typical Adventist. Three angels' message, you know, as we are preparing for the Lord's coming, let's prepare others. Right? But Malaham, the Seventh-day Adventist church, is within the jurisdiction of South Africa. It's in South Africa. The last time I... This is South Africa. This is Johannesburg. Right? The capital... What? The commercial town of the country, rather. Malahambe, as far as it sees all of these challenging conditions, what does it have on its hands? What do we have? And unfortunately, Barcelona, what I'm trying to submit to us this morning is that three angels' message, unfortunately, won't be sufficient. Then it's not enough to effectively and efficiently work in getting us to prepare for the eternal kingdom of God. Jesus Christ preached. Remember, in Matthew chapter 3, he preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But that was not the only thing that he was doing. And for us also to be successful in carrying out this gospel, so that we may hasten the second coming of Christ, we need to be somehow influential in our own circles, in our own influences, wherever we are. One will say, well, I'm working, and wherever I'm working, I'm diligent, I'm hardworking, as Joseph. And people, by the way I'm conducting my business, they get to know God. Okay, then I will will respect that, I will give you that. But where there is a vast majority of people that are are marginalized, are seeking for relief, are seeking for sight, they are in injury. Where are we? Where are we there? So we are only the light of the world because of, of those who are at par with us, either spiritually or professional or according to our social class. But what about those at the grassroots level? What is this practical benefit they get from us as a, as a church of, of Malihambe? You see, my, my fear is that, yes, my fear, my fear is that if you maintain that to say that, okay, uh, this is where I am, I will only be faithful that at least I keep the Sabbath, at least I return my tithe, I give offerings, once in a while I, I, I contribute to the kitchen soup and all of that, you are like that, that, that servant with one talent, unfortunately. At least that's my understanding. The little that you are given, you just happen to preserve that. But what will happen of you when the master comes? What will become of you when he asks of you, what have you done with what I've given you? You know, there's, there's this... There's this there's this prayer, a powerful prayer. This guy was a, was a ship merchant. He was sailing 
and doing exports and all of that, he penned this prayer after an experience, right? He pens this prayer, disturb us, Lord. I don't know, do we know, do we happen to know the, the prayer? Disturb us, Lord, when we are well pleased with ourselves. When we are well pleased with ourselves because of we have simply sailed too close to the shore. So, you see, we are proud of ourselves. Hey, I'm in light of the world. But if only you understood that what God had called you for. He says that disturb us. Disturb us, your people. That disturb us that we venture into wilder waves. Remember I told you this man is a, what? He's a merchant, his own sheep. After he, he, he ventured into more boisterous, violent waves, only there you got to realize that, no, I've got no control over my life. Only Jesus Christ is a savior and is a pilot of the sheep. But who pilots our lives? Israel is self-sufficient. We are self-sufficient, Jesus. We are in control of things. And we manage that. We do not want to have any changes. We don't want any disturbances. We are not willing to take risks. The author of, of, of the book of Hebrews, when he speaks about Moses, he speaks of Moses uh, in, in Hebrews 11, verse 24 or 26, if I'm not mistaken. He says that Moses, when he was of age, he refused to be called the what? son of Pharaoh. When he was of age, he got to understand who he is. And after understanding who he is, he understood his mission. And then he applied himself accordingly. He denied all the royalties and the pleasures of the kingdom of this earthly world, of this world, and chose to suffer yet a little while with the children of God. You are, you are reflecting. You are reflecting, saying that, what is it in my hand? You see, this question was asked to Moses, the very same Moses, who chose not, 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 not to be called uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's son, and yet serve with the children of God. Moses was commissioned. God comes to Moses, he tells him, look here, I've heard the what." the cries of my people, and I've seen their affliction. I've come to you that you go and deliver them. What did Moses do? Moses had a number of excuses. Had a lot of excuses. This question, in fact, God asked it out of irritation. God is irritated by Moses' excuses because of God knew who Moses is. God knew what Moses is capable of in his eye. Not Moses in his own eyes, but God in what? In his eyes. God asked Moses a question. What is this thing that you have in your hand? That is Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 or 2. What is this thing that you have in your hand? What did he have? What did Moses have? Moses had a staff. 
What is that a staff? What is a staff? A staff is a dried wood. It's a wood. It's not fresh. It's dried. It's old. It's dead. There's no life therein. God is asking you, what do you have in your hand? That I can use it for my glory. I do not, not for your glory, but you, you are just a vessel. You are just a vessel. Just take this dead wood to Pharaoh and I'll do the rest. What is this thing that you have now? I have this passion myself. Or rather, I, I, I have this conviction. Like I told you, like I submitted earlier on to say that I've got no business sharing the gospel, preaching to people, yet I do not meet their what? Their physical needs. People out there need the Lord. People out there need God. That is a fact. They need God. How do we go about there and share this light? This light that has shined upon us. Huh? We, we always say that we've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. What do you do about that? Do you share this light yourself in that darkness to dispel darkness? Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is at hand. Are we, are we giving glory to God in whatever sphere that we are occupying, in whatever that we do? Whether you do, whatever you do, you do it all to the glory of God. Do we do that? Now, it's my feeling. I don't know, but it is my view. I understand that we should be at the forefront. Not to be following political agendas, economical agendas. When politicians say that we want the land back, not there we are. No, we also want the land. What will the land help you as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned? Yes, we do need it, but what we need more is that we need Christ. Beloved, the time is no longer. We, we, know, we know that Jesus Christ is coming even sooner than we thought. Now, what man of person we ought to be? Jesus Christ says that when the Son of Man comes again, will he find faith in his people? What is faith? Do you have faith? Because of without faith, you cannot please God. So you, 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 we, can't be, we can't be comfortable at where we are right now. I cannot judge you, friends, because of it's the first time I see you. I do not know what evangelical programs you've been doing, what risks, what is it that you're laying at the altar so that a soul can be won to the kingdom of God. You know, I had a privilege last, last Sunday, last week Sunday, Sunday, I had the privilege of going to, to do a prison ministry. It was my first time. It was, it was quite an experience. Then I had to share uh, 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 Jesus Christ, the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ at his life eternal. 
to those guys there. Those guys there, they love God. They love God. Do not be deceived. People know God and they love Him in the little that they know of. They are faithful therein. And now my challenge came to be like, now that I've discovered this group of people, what am I going to do with them? VOP's lessons, steps to Christ, and all of that. I can easily, you know, even, in fact, now I want to believe if I were to call for pledge or offerings towards that mission, I could easily get that. But can I submit to you that those guys, at some point, they will leave the correctional facilities where they are guaranteed a meal each and every day. They will get into this darkness where unemployment is on at all its time rise. They are studying, believe you me. They are studying in there. They, they just, hey, I'm getting your phone. I'm studying and all of that. I'll be qualified, what, what, what. But there are lots of people without criminal records all hanging over their heads. They're struggling to find employment. I look at them and say, but God, why are you giving me this revelation? Why are you giving me these convictions? Who will accept them? Who will rehabilitate them and giving them a livelihood? to sustain themselves. Because of it, it will be futile, you see. It will be futile they go, they, they, they come out here and they, they find this cold reception. They will think, oh, you know what, prison is the best. Repeated offender. Yet there are these people who are so heavenly minded that they are of earthly irrelevance. Are we relevant to the issues that confront us as as a nation? My my, my prayer this morning is that, oh God, please disturb us. That with, with the abundance of the things that we possess, we let the vision of eternity to grow dim. You see, we are comfortable. We do not even appreciate the soon coming of Jesus Christ. We are not even accelerating it. Beloved, he who has promised is faithful. He may seem to delay, but he's coming. He's coming. And according to Matthew chapter 25, he'll come at the darkest hour of earth's history. Where sin abounds. What are we doing as a church? How I pray, it's my prayer that God, please, show me what what I have. Maybe I do not see it. Maybe fear blinds me. Fear blinds me that I have to stand before Pharaoh, that I do not see what I have in in, in, in my hand. Maybe I do not even have faith. Oh, help my faith. Because of this, what I have in in my hand is dead. It's dried out. Please help my faith that I go. What does Haggai and Paul say? He says that the just shall live, shall live by faith. Not of works that any should boast, but by faith. We access this grace, this mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.